Welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. My name is Josiah Williams, and here is my challenge for you. As you're listening to the message, I challenge you to remove as many distractions as possible, to write out a few notes and things that stand out to you, and afterwards, share what you've learned on one of your social media outlets. We level up by giving a level 10. Thanks again, and enjoy the message. Well, all right, City Place, if you're ready, let's go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're getting ready to jump right into God's Word and uh, so many things happening in the life of our church. Let me just say a special thank you to every single person that was a part of Serve Sunday. All of you that gave to bring a smile to a kid across the world, to hand out a turkey or to fill a blessing bag. I just want to say thank you. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed by our Heavenly Father the impact that we're making on earth. And so well done for all of your generosity. Thank you for being a part of a church that lives to give. That's one of our core values. And so uh, on behalf of every single person, thank you uh, for such an amazing uh, Serve Sunday last week. And I pray that you had an amazing Thanksgiving. I pray that you were able to pause and uh, just be grateful and thank God for uh, so many things that he's doing in your life. Even though it may not be perfect, he's still worthy of praise. And so um, we're honored to have you uh, this weekend, uh, on this holiday weekend. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, we're gonna jump into God's word. Over the last few weeks, we've been in uh, a series called Live Like It Matters. And uh, we've been uh, focusing on just being intentionally generous uh, we've been in a couple of verses the last few weeks, and I don't want to uh, I don't want to veer too far off because I realized that last last week I, I was a little crazy uh, given the analogy with the with the bags and everything. And I'm, I'm going to use that analogy one more time this week because God showed me something as it relates to uh, being able to answer the question of what have we done with what he gave us. And so there's a verse that I'll use that, that we'll read today. And uh, this is your first time again, uh, welcome to City Place Church. Uh, my name is Damon and I, along with my wife, Taisha, we have the privilege of being the lead pastor, senior pastors of City Place Church. And we don't take it for granted that you're hanging out with us. And one of the things that we wanna provide for you is today's message notes. And you can download those today at cityplacechurch.com backslash notes. And then also let us know uh, that you're watching. You can say hello right there on whatever platform you're watching on or fill out a virtual connect card, cityplacechurch.com backslash card. And so let's just get ready to jump into the word. We're going we're gonna to read two verses that we've been reading over the last few weeks, and then uh, we'll catch everybody up on what we've been talking about. But let's go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 says this. These 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, we're in verse 6, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received freely give. Somebody say, freely you have received, freely give. Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 says this, then Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age, even to the end of the age. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about live like it matters. And uh, the last few weeks, literally the last few weeks, we've been talking about living like it matters for them. Live like the life that Jesus gave you and I, like it matters to somebody else. And in last week's message, uh, <laughs> we, we were asking some questions that God has been asking uh, or Jesus has been asking uh, the people in the book of Revelations. We had spent some time in Revelations chapter three, where Jesus was telling the church of Sardis, hey, listen, you need to wake up and strengthen what remains because there's some things that you've done that are unfinished. There's some things that I ask you to do, some things that I have empowered you to do that you haven't accomplished yet. He says, you have my life, my power living on the inside of you, and you haven't fulfilled that yet. You've been pushing it aside. Wake up before it dies. Then he said, hey, listen, there's some deeds that have gone unaccomplished, some, some mandates that I put in your hand to keep the gospel moving and, and to keep my message flowing and miracles, signs and wonders. I want those things to be going so that people can know me and you're letting it die. There's purpose on the inside of you, destiny on the inside of you that you put aside but I want you to know that you can strengthen what remains. And when we were talking about the church of Sardis over the last weeks of this series, we said that the church of Sardis was known as being the it spot. It was the place that everyone knew as looking really grand and, and looking the part, but the power of God was absent. It was the, literally the city of Sardis was, was known for its wealth and gold and fruit, but there was a church in the city that had no power, no spiritual fruit. And Jesus is like, wake up before it goes. And that was our original foundational verse where we said, listen, we've got to live like the life that Jesus gave us, like it matters. And when I got to Matthew chapter of the two chapters in Matthew, Jesus in Matthew chapter 10 tells his disciples, I am giving you power and authority to be able to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. And he says this, freely you have received from me. Freely you have experienced my power. You've seen miracle signs and wonders. I called you out specifically from where you are. Now you're walking in the life of God the Father. Freely as you have received everything that I've given you, give it away. Don't hold me to yourself and become selfish just because you have a relationship with me. Don't hold the testimony of my freedom that I've given to you to yourself. Don't you dare hold it. Don't hold the fact that I've healed some of your bodies or I, I changed you from being a thief to now being one that's delivering the message. Don't you hold that to yourself. Freely you receive it, freely give it. Then in Matthew chapter 28, before he ascends to the father, he gets with his 11 disciples at the time. And he says this, he says, listen. All authority has been given to me. Everything that the father's downloaded to me, 
I've already shared with you. He says, I want you to preach the kingdom of heaven, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, don't just stay in one place, literally move it throughout the world. Everything that I've commanded to you, tell them. Like, live like it matters for them. The life that I've given you, I'm reminding you, like I did in Matthew chapter 10, give it away. See, the context of Matthew chapter 10, and then we'll see it again in Matthew chapter 28, is that in Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion because he saw people moving around like sheep without a shepherd, and it broke his heart. The Bible says he had compassion for them, and the only way that he could get to everyone was to give of himself give of his authority, give of his power in that moment so that more people could be impacted. Jesus could have said, I'm only here for one reason. This power belongs to me. These miracles are all for me and I'll give them out at my time. No, he said, no, you know what? I've got a power. I've got an authority from the father. I'm going to give you a dose of it right now. Freely you have experienced me. Freely give it away. And here's something that I found that has been a consistent theme throughout Jesus's walk in life. Watch this. Jesus gives you and I life. And then he provides overflow life for others. John chapter 10 says, Jesus said this, I came to give you life and I came to give it to you more abundantly. Like the life that Jesus Christ gives you, that word there. It comes from uh, the life in John 10 literally means Zoe. It comes from the word Zoe, which means he gives you vitality. He gives you passion. He gives you vigor on earth and in eternity. Like he gave you and I so much life in his death, burial, resurrection, his releasing of his authority, saying the Holy Spirit's coming to endue you with power. Like all of that is to overflow in your natural and for you and I to have an expectation of seeing God the Father in heaven. See, Jesus is real strategic. He says, if you will tap into the life that I give you is not just the air in your lungs. It's literally for you to overflow. And so here's just a couple of questions that we asked ourselves, and I want you to write these down. In Revelation chapter three, Jesus is literally asking the church to bounce over there now. Jesus literally was asking the church. He said this. I gave it to you. It was given to you. But what did you do with it? What have you done with what I've given you? If you're not careful, you'll lose what I gave you. If you count it as insignificant, you'll lose what I gave you. City Place Church, what are we doing with what Jesus has given us? What are we doing with what we possess? The overflowing life, are we recognizing that the life that we have is an overflowing life that Jesus gave us? And so here's a couple of questions that we have been asking over the last couple of weeks. And I pray that you enjoyed last Sunday. What we've been trying to do is we've been trying to take you all into uh, our live services and uh, give you just a taste of what in person is like. We, 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 we hope that you enjoy it. Today I'm, I'm inside, uh, just excited to hang out with you here. here. Here's the first question that we asked. We said, 
what are you doing with Jesus? Like, how are you carrying Jesus himself? One of the, the verses that we've been reading over the last few weeks, Matthew chapter 7, it says this in verse 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father. Who, who is the one? Oh, I'm sorry. Only the, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell you plainly, I never knew who you were. Like, what have we done with Jesus? Like, do we know who he is? Are, are, are we bold about our Jesus? Are we confident that, that as we walk throughout our day, people can see Jesus in us? Jesus was talking and he said, hey, disciples, listen, freely you have received all of me. Freely give it away. Don't be ashamed of who I am. Don't be ashamed that you have my name. Don't be ashamed that you have my team jersey on. Freely give everything that I've given to you away. Then he reminds them again in Matthew chapter 28. Listen now, here it is one more time. Don't just keep me to yourself. Talk about me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all across the world, everyone needs to experience the same life that I've given to you. Everyone needs to experience miracle work and power. Tell them that they possess my name and they can see miracles happen in their own life and be used by me for others. So we said this, the question that we really want to, to answer, what are we doing with Jesus? And here's the answer to that question is we knew him personally. We don't want to know about him. We don't want to know of him. We want to know him. We want to know him personally. In biblical days, when we would read in the Old Testament, it would say things like Adam knew Eve. And what that meant was that there was the intimacy between a husband and a wife that only they could experience. Like husband and wife, marriage, like Adam knew Eve. Like it talks about the intimacy, the, the removing of anything that would shield that person from being able to get as close to you as possible to see your vulnerabilities. Like, do we know him personally? Like, have we have we shared our heart with him? Do we know his heart? We want to know him personally. You know, last week I, I said this, I said, uh, as a pastor. It's not just good enough for me to know scripture. I have to know Jesus. You have to know Jesus personally. And one of the ways that we learn more about him is we spend time in his word. We, we spend time in worship like we did earlier and we just declare who he is. And then after we give him our worship and we're in the word, we just pause so that we can hear him speak. And then we ask him, what's on your heart? Because we want to know him personally. And then the second question that we've been answering over the last few weeks is what do we do with what God gave us? What have we been doing with what God gave us? And last week I used the potato chip analogy because we were in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 where Paul said this in verse 10. He says, uh, and God is able to supply or God supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, and will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. We talked about uh, that I used, uh, for those of you who weren't here, you have to go back and watch it. Uh, I talked about how God gives us a bag to, to, to eat from, and then God gives us 
seed to sow. Like God says, this is my provision for you, for your family, for your life. And then there's provision that I've given for you to just be a blessing to the people. So, so there is time in your life and in my life that God says, use that time to impact somebody's life, whether you're a mentor or a tutor, or a trainer, uh, uh, you know, serving in your local church. You give that time so that someone else can come closer to me. Or maybe there's a talent that you may have. And God says, hey, use that so that someone can get it, get an example of who I am and someone could fall in love with me. Use that. I've given you that talent, not just for you to enjoy, but so that someone else can want to know me. Finances. God says, hey, listen, I've given you this so that you can enjoy this so that you can live off. This is my provision. But then in every aspect of your finances, I put some seed for you to make a kingdom impact. So your tithe and your offering, that's worship to me. That goes and make a kingdom impact. Or maybe you can respond to a need from a person on your job or someone in your community. There's seed to sow and then there's bread to eat. And we talked about the warning signs of us realizing that God gives us seed to sow, like there's multiple bags that God gives us, like this bag represents the seed to sow. We said that the warning sign is that when we start taking what is seed and start putting it in the, the bread bag and in our provision bag and saying, no, I, I have a right to this. And God's like, you're managing that, but I've given that for you to sow. And so we said that we have to ask ourselves, what are we doing with what God's given us? What are you doing with your children? Are they just doing their own thing? And you're just like, oh, they're just going to be kids. Or are you giving of your time and that gift of being a parent that God's given you? And you saying, you know what? This is my work, but this is my family time. Like no matter what phase of life you're in, God, in every basket of your life, there is provision and then there is seed. There is provision and then there is seed. There's time for you in your, in, in, in your marriage for you and then there's time for your spouse. There's time for you and your husband and then there's time for you and your kids. There's time for you if you're a single parent and then there's time for your children. There's time for you alone, then there's time for you and God. There's time for, like, there's seed to sow and then there's bread to eat. There's time for busyness and then there's seed for rest. Like, in every aspect of no matter what, on our job, like we can't work 80 hours a week because we need to have seed to, to sow. Like in every aspect of our life, in every bucket, no matter what bucket it is, God has always given us provision for us, things that we do, and then something to give on his behalf. The love that you and I give to our kids is a reflection of him. So we can't be spent and give them very little. The leftovers, no, there's seed to sow. And then there's bread and provision for you and I. And so we talked about the fact that what are we doing with what God's given us? And this is what we said our answer and response should be is that we use what we gave you or what you gave us to make an eternal difference. So if God says, what did you do what I gave you? You could say, I use what you gave me to make an eternal difference. Here's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter six, verse 19. It says this. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven 
where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus is like, listen, let's get a perspective change here. You're going to have stuff, and then you're going to have stuff. He's like, your stuff that you will hold on to is going to fade away. But man, if you take the stuff and you focus that stuff that I've given you that has kingdom impact, it can never be taken away. Your stuff over here can be taken. But the stuff that I give you, the life that I give you, the, the empowering presence that I give you, the anointing of God that I give you, the ability to, to change an atmosphere through my name, the thing that I give you, the ability that you, you, you have to serve people, that's storing up the treasure. The gift and the overflow of life that I give you, that you use to see somebody else come into a relationship with me, that's, that's what you want to store up. He says, the bread that you have, I got it. But just don't move the seed over to that side. No, take the overflow of your life and build up an impact in heaven. God, how can I use the overflow? Because all of us, even in the places where we feel like we're not hitting home runs, all of us have the capacity. All of us have the capacity to live and overflow life and to live like Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus here. I'm talking about, now, I, I know we might not have enough of X, but if we can shift our attention and go, Jesus, I've got you and I've got to find out how to tap into all of the life that you've given me so I can thrive on earth and have an anticipation of when I see you, I know I won. So we're asking ourselves, what did I do with what he gave me? And an eternal, an eternal difference is what really matters. That's the reason why I'm so grateful for the impact that so many of you made last week when we were serving in our community. You served in so many different ways. Well done. Your generosity and your faithfulness and you're praying and you're seeking God and preparing an atmosphere. All of that matters for eternity. We were praying for people last week. Not only, I mean, we gave them something natural, but do you know what? They were being prayed for last week. People heard the gospel message in the morning service and we all went out and served and people were getting a touch of Jesus through a simple meal and a simple toy box. We're building up the rewards for the kingdom. That's what we want to, want to do. So you and I have to recognize that our E-R-O-I, our eternal return on investment is greater than any other thing when it comes to our generosity. So here's our response. We said this. <clears throat> We said our response has to be intentional. We want to be intentional. A person without a plan gets distracted. We want to be intentional. Here's the reason why we want to be intentional. You and I have to be intentional in our clarity of what is bread and what is seed. Like we have to be, we have to be intentional of like, you know what, God? Help me to determine what is the seed of my life and what is the bread of my life. Help, help, help me to determine that in my time so that I'm not giving of my time to where I'm tired and depleted and can't give to anyone else around me that I love or to my, my local church or 
you know, whatever it is my passion areas may be, help me to find clarity in what's my provision and my bread to enjoy and what is for me to invest kingdom-wise so that someone else can know you. Like my, my, my talent, your abilities, your giftings, God help me to know and then help me to see. And then my finances, Lord, what, what is provision for me and what is to, like, we have to be intentional about asking God for clarity of like, God, what are you, what are you seeing? Because I want to live the life that Jesus has told me he's given me in abundance. Like this is for every aspect of our life. Jesus has to be in the driver's seat. If he promised you and I life, City Place Church, we want all of it. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I felt tired, depleted, and there's been so many seasons of my life as a pastor, as a dad, as a husband, where I just give and go and go and go and chase, pursue and pour out. And I don't know if I if I were to look back over. I think I should ask Jesus, how much time was I wasting? By not asking him. What was bread? What was seed? What was bread and what was seed? So we say we have to be intentional. Here's how we say we have to be intentional. Go with me to John chapter six, verse verse one. John chapter six, verse one. And we're getting ready to wrap this party up. We, we preached on this last week, but I felt like the Lord was just stirring up my heart one more time uh, on just being intentional, being intentional. Time, talent, treasure in every bucket of our life, family, you know, God's house, time with God, friendships, work, dreams, seed to sow, bread to chew on. Here's what it says in John chapter one, verse, <coughs> John chapter six, verse one. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. So a lot of people are following Jesus. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? So Jesus is thinking about others, even though he has preached all day long. He says, where can we go and get these people something to eat? And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in his mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half year's wage to buy enough bread for each one of for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. And Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. 
So they gathered them, filled 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. As I was thinking about this uh, verse, I was thinking about the analogy from last week. If you didn't get it, uh, get, get a chance to see it. We had a bag of chips that were individual and we had a bag that was full of just one bag of chips. The one bag of chips represented the provision of us to enjoy for ourselves, our bills, all those different things, our own dreams, our own pursuits. The other one was for things for God to give away. And here's the first thing that we said, we have to intentionally give. We have to intentionally give. <laughs> In John chapter six, the Bible says Jesus, when you read the story, Jesus had been preaching all day. He goes and he says, oh, let's go on, a, let's go on the mountainside. We're going to relax for a little bit. I'm going to take a little bit of a rest. And he saw people coming towards him because it was Jesus, y'all. And so they saw Jesus. They knew Jesus had miracle working power, that, that, that he could change their life. And so a multitude, a crowd of people are going towards Jesus. And instead of Jesus going, hey, wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just want y'all to know service begins at 730. Or we'll have another service tomorrow morning at 9. Uh, that's when I'll be preaching. I'll be doing part two of my message, uh, walking on water. Uh, Y'all can see me uh, tomorrow. No, what Jesus says is, wait a second. I have enough life in me to give it to them. So he's sitting. He goes, OK, I have enough life in me to give it to them. But this is how he, go he says it. So he sees it. And then he goes, hey, um, can you tell me what we have so that we can feed them? And the Bible says that he already knew how they would be fed, but he wanted to make sure that those around him that he had been pouring into felt enough faith that those people can be fed through them. And so he says, uh, what do you have? Uh, Jesus, we don't have enough. Uh, it would take about a year. And then he looks over, he says, Philip, uh, what do we have? Philip says, hey, there's a little boy right here that has five loaves, two fish, but it's not going to be enough. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, hey, go and get what the little boy has and bring that to me. See, Jesus has a way of being able to look at what you and I have and say that is both bread and provision for them and seed for them to sow. So he says, listen, go and tell the young man to bring it to me. And so the Bible says that the young man gives it to the disciples and Jesus says, have them all sit down. I'm going to make sure that they experience life. I'm going to make sure that they have an encounter with me that they'll never forget. So he says, have them sit down and then we're going to feed them. So he grabs the bag, he grabs the bread, and the Bible says he blesses it. Father, thank you for what you placed in my hand. Thank you for the willingness of this boy. I don't know how he prayed. Thank you for the willingness of this young man. Father, I give you glory in advance for feeding these people. 100, 500, 1,000, 1,700, 2,500, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 fed. And then the Bible says that they weren't just fed, they had more than enough. They were able to eat buffet on what looked like it wasn't enough from the little guy. But when it was given to the young man, it was both seed and it was both bread. And so the young man places it in Jesus' hand. By the time 
Everybody gets to eat. They've had more than enough. Why? Because when Jesus gives life, he gives it more abundantly. Uh, you get one piece of fish, you get one piece of bread. Next, you get one piece of fish, you get one piece of bread. Next, he literally said, let them eat everything that they want to eat until they are full. See, when Jesus gives you and I life, he gives it to us abundantly. When life flows from Jesus, it flows from him abundantly. God literally said, come here, disciples, let me show you the power that rests in you if you flow with me. You have miracle working, overflowing power attached to you assigned to you, available to you. Don't just look in the natural, look to me. Sit them down and serve them. When you and I begin to live like it matters for them, we start seeing Jesus do impossible things with the simplest of things that you and I might possess. All we have to do is just hand it to him. God, use me to Bring life to them. Disciples, what do we have to feed them? Let's see if y'all have been paying attention. I've given you power. I've given you authority. I've given you the ability to perform miracles. Let's go right now. Oh, Jesus, I don't know. Okay, okay, what else we got? We got the bread. Let me show you now. If you just flow with the life that I give you, they can be impacted. City Place Church God is asking us to live like it matters for them. Well done for how we've served all year long. Our heart was to go above and beyond in our evangelism, and we've been taking the step that the Lord has asked us, but we're just getting started. My prayer is, God, give us a burden for people who don't know you yet. I was listening to a pastor by the name of Larry Stockstill, who is passionate about missions. And he said, currently in the, in the world, there are 2.5 billion people that would identify themselves as a Christian. That includes like those that may say, you know, like Roman Catholics, like anyone who would come underneath the banneker of Christian or say they were a Christian, right? And he, he had this startling stat, he says, but that leaves 5.5 billion people that don't know Jesus yet. City place. We have to be a group of people that says Jesus overflows so much in my life that I can overflow for them. And here's what I realized. Here's what I realized when when the young man gave the bread, God gives us bread to eat and seed to sow, yes. But watch this. At times, God will also ask you and I to sacrifice our bread intentionally. That was that little boy's meal. We don't know what he was going to do for it. He could have just been going to fill the fridge or it could have been a meal with their last dollar. We don't know. But what we do know that God used it. And so as I was preparing this week, I realized that there are going to be some things that God's going to ask of us that are, it's going to feel like sacrifice because it's, it may be sacred to us or it may be important to us. And God may say, just trust Jesus with it. Trust Jesus with your life. Trust Jesus with your dream. 
Trust Jesus with your passion. Trust Jesus with your family. Trust Jesus with your job. Like, if, if, if you just put it in his hand, he'll live. See, he might ask you for it intentionally. I realize he did that with Abraham. I'm going to give you a son. Oh, the baby's crying. I want you to sacrifice. You want me to sacrifice my only son? You know what? We're going to go up to the mountain and we're going to come right back down. Esther became the queen and it was asked of her to go and stand in front of a king when she didn't have the access. There was a widow in the Old Testament where the prophet asked to make some bread and all she had was a flour, some flour and some oil. And she said, I'm going to bake myself a cake. And he said, before you do it, can you give it to me? And the Bible says that once she made that cake, she ate for days and it didn't run out. There was a boy that had five loaves and two fish. And look at what God did. He fed the multitudes. And then when, when Jesus was done, he was like, hey, make sure y'all get everything else. Make sure there's nothing left over. And then let's go ahead and make sure everybody's got what they want. See, if you and I choose to intentionally give, even when it seems like it's sacrifice, God will bless it. Here's the second thing I realized. At times, <coughs> you and I will target our sacrifice intentionally as worship. At times, there's going to be times when that thing that we love, we just go, Jesus, you know what? I am going to give this to you because I love you. I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you my dream. And yes, this is on the, this is on the provision side, but I'm going to give you my purpose and my destiny because I love you. I want everything to be yours. I found this out in Luke chapter 21. The Bible says that there was a woman, a widow who brought a mite. And the Bible says Jesus was sitting on the sideline and he was watching all the big money people come and they bring their offerings. And he saw this widow bring a mite and he looked at his disciples and he says, wow, she's given all of her livelihood as worship. There was another time when Jesus was sitting in a chair and a woman came who the Bible refers to her as a sinner in Mark chapter 14. And she was sitting down and the Bible says that she came to Jesus with a very expensive box of perfume. And the Bible says that she began to just pour it out on Jesus's feet. And she just poured it out over his feet because it was an act of worship. She said, oh, I'm going to intentionally give you my worship. And it, it's going to be sacrifice. Oh, no doubt about it because it cost me something. But I'm going to be intentional. And I'm going to worship you with my sacrifice. I'm going to worship you with what I have. I'm going to intentionally give it all to you because there's life in you. There's life in you. And if your life can just be in me, it's going to overflow. So before I ever get there, I'm going to give it to you. The people around her was like, what's she doing? First of all, she's a sinner. She shouldn't be in here touching a man. Second of all, that that stuff that she could have done, she should have sold all that and given it to somebody that needed. And Jesus says, whoa, 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 you don't understand. The price that it paid for her to get here was sacrificial. And her desire to be changed was more important than any of you. She realized that the life giver was in front of her and that if she encountered me, her life would overflow. He looked at her and says, go sin no more. See, there are going to be times in our life where we will target our sacrifice intentionally as worship. 
Let me say this. You and I will never miss what we invest in eternally. When we focus on eternity, we'll never miss it. Last two things. We said this last week. We have to intentionally serve. And we have to intentionally share Christ. Intentionally serve and intentionally share Christ. It's going, it, it, it might be sacrificial for us to share that testimony that, that, of the pain of the past. It, 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 might, it, might, it might hurt a little bit because this is my sacred place, but, but for, that, for that other single mom that, that may be on the verge, no, you might have to share your story, single mom from the person that may have been abused and you've been holding on to it for a while, but you know Jesus has brought you through that to that overflowing life-giving place. You might have to share that story of how Jesus brought you through just because it's a simple act of worship or God may ask you to share it. He's given us bread to eat, seed to sow, and there's times when he's going to say, share it so that they can live like it matters. serve like it matters. Live like it matters. I realize that being intentional is God-focused, which leads you and I, City Place Church, to a trust in God. It leads you and I to a trust in God that where we go, you know what? I'm with you, no matter what. John chapter six, the young man trusts Jesus with his meal. And he experienced something that will never be taken away. Let's be intentional. God, what, what do you see for every aspect of my life? With my time, my talent, my treasures, reveal it to me so that I can live an overflow life, city place over these next few weeks of the year. We're asking God, the thing that he started at the beginning of the year, we want the fire of his presence as we move into the beginning of next year. We don't want to limp. We're not going to limp. No, we want to live like Jesus matters. And we want to encounter that overflow. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I'm ready to experience the full vitality of all that he sees. I'm ready to go, Jesus, you know what? I'm ready to see that person know you. So I'm going to share my story like I never have before. Jesus, you know what? I'm going to make sure that someone has access to you like never before. I'm going to make sure that my family and my kids know that I'm invested in your purpose and your destiny. City Place, as a church, we want you to know that we're going to speak life into you like crazy.
because as a church, we're going to live like it matters to you. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? As we wrap up, it was, it's Thanksgiving weekend. And I'm thankful that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. James chapter 5, verse 19, 20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Literally, James says, listen, if someone's walking away from God, don't just watch them. Go get them. Let them know that there's a place for them and life in them for God. And that God wants to have a relationship with them. So this morning, right where you are, I want to give you an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. Jesus died on the cross and he rose again so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that he died and rose again. He comes and lives on the inside of you. And right now I'm just going to say a simple prayer and I just want you to pray it after me. And pray it with faith. And I promise you that Jesus will come in and be Lord of your life. Here we go. Say, Dear Jesus, today on this day, I acknowledge that you died for me and that you rose again. And on this day, I accept you freely as my personal Lord and Savior. I give you my life. I give you my heart. In your name, amen. Come on, City Place, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Let me tell you why to make some noises, because Luke chapter 15, verse 10 says in the message, count on it, that that's the kind of party angels, God's angels throw every time one soul turns to God. There's a party going on in heaven because of those of you who said yes to Jesus today. Well, listen, I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to complete that virtual connect card, cityplacechurch.com backslash card. Let us know the decision that you made. We would love to come around you, celebrate you, and welcome you into the family of God. Don't do life alone. It's just getting started. And then we would tell you some other next steps, such as baptism and getting planted in a small group. We would love to be able to cheer you on. So make sure that you fill out that information. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well, right now we're going to worship the Lord with our giving. We're going to worship the Lord with our giving. Right where we are, you know, we challenge us let's be intentional every every week we we present an opportunity for us to worship god through our kingdom finances and here's how we say it we want you to ask the lord what he would have you do and then together we partner together to make an impact in our city our nation and the world and i just want to remind you just of a couple of things happening in the life of city place church on december the uh, 10th we've got our man cave breakfast hanging out together and then some other things happening as well throughout the month. We'll be sharing with you uh, all of our Christmas services. We're going to have a Christmas Eve service uh, this year. And so uh, it's going to be a really exciting time here at City Place Church. And so let me just pray. And then uh, I know that you're going to have an awesome weekend, God. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for speaking to us today. Jesus, we don't take it for granted that we get to live like it matters. And I just pray that we stay stirred up as we live like it matters for somebody else. Jesus, receive all the glory and the honor, power and praise for what you're going to say throughout this week. Receive our kingdom finances. It is an act of worship. And bless our week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, City Place. Thanks so much for tuning in. 
We hope that you've been encouraged by today's episode and we have one final challenge for you. Take something that you've learned today or something that stuck out to you and share it with a friend or a loved one. Spread a little of what I like to call that wisdom wealth with someone else. Wherever you are, I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day.